Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Green Bar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Well, hello there. We are live on KMOX Radio, on KMOX.com, on the Odyssey app, on Twitter, on Twitch. What else are we on, Drew? Facebook? YouTube? Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, yep. we're, we're yeah. everywhere. We're, we're streaming video. We're streaming audio. Let's talk about the Cardinals for a minute. Let me start with this. The St. Louis Cardinals. This is beyond frustrating. I totally know that. It is also, people will tell you it's early 21 games, but 21 games are 21 games. I mean, they they all count in the major leagues and that's what makes it frustrating is you don't want to in the end be in a situation where things are coming down to the wire and you're saying, man, I wish we would have gotten those earlier that early April and mid April and then end of April, that whole April was really tough. And this is tough. This is tough to go through, but there are some reasons to believe the Cardinals were turning around offensively. I do wonder if they will be able to turn it around in terms of their starting rotation or if they need to make some changes there. They do have a pitcher who is working his way back in Adam Wainwright who could stabilize every fifth day for them. Um, But right now, the biggest problem is the starting pitching, in my view, and I think in most people's views here. They don't have somebody right now who you can say, we're good today. For a second there, it was Jordan Montgomery. He came out flying against the Brewers, and you thought, you know what? Maybe he is going to, well, then he gets hit. Steven Matz had a nice spring, and then, well, he gets it. Miles Michaelis gets the big contract extension, and he's stepping in for Wainwright, and he starts up, and he gets hit. Uh, Who am I missing? Jack Flaherty starts out, gives up a bunch of walks, but he no-hits him, and then he gives up a bunch of walks again, but his ERA remains low. And this is the guy today that I think everybody is hoping is the one where you can say, okay, he's the guy. We're okay today. Not to put any pressure on Jack, but we are going to find out a lot about him and about the Cardinals today. If he can stabilize this thing, the Cardinals rotation is not going deep enough into games and that affects the bullpen. Now you have a bullpen that is worn out and is throwing a lot. And what you saw last weekend where you had Andre Pallante out unavailable, Zach Thompson out unavailable, 
you know, all these pitchers were out at the time unavailable and you had in the 10th inning only left Jordan Hicks and Hennessy Cabrera. And you put yourself into some trouble there. It's because the rotation wasn't going deep enough into games and the bullpen was leaking and throwing a lot. You know, it was all just happening at once. And that also affects the offense. And I'll explain in that. I think the only constant on this team right now is defense. Defense doesn't really slump. If you have a good defense, you have a good defense. And I think aside from a few things here and there, defense by and large has been very, very good, but the offense as good as it is. And it is don't make no mistake about it. The Cardinals have one of the best lineups in all of baseball and they have one of the deepest lineups in all of baseball. They have hitters everywhere. They have players. They just can't play them all every day. And the stats do back this up, that their batting average is up. Their hard hit ball percentage is up. They barrel, they hit the sweet spot. They, they do all of those things, but they're not driving in runs. And that's the only thing that counts in this game is scoring runs to win the game so that you can go on to have another day. And I do think that the shakiness of the pitching does put pressure on the offense to make something happen when the bases are loaded, et cetera, and they're pressing and not coming through. That's my theory. Ali Marmel may dismiss that here in about five minutes when I talk to him. He may say, no, that's not true. But I, I will bring that up. Do, does that affect other areas of the club? And I think that it's a matter of time before the offense has its eruption and it's, it's everything that you're hoping it would be. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt is slumping right now. He slumped in August and September, but he still does have a respectable average and he is still a threat. Nolan Arenado is too. It's just a matter of time before those two get into MVP mode. Paul Goldschmidt could carry this team for a week uh, if he wanted to. Um, I'm going to run some numbers by you. I'm going to run two teams by two players by you. This is Paul Goldschmidt right now. Goldschmidt was 0 for 4 yesterday. He's hitting 280 on the season. He bats third in the order. On occasion, he does bat second, as you saw, and belted a home run. But he has two home runs, nine RBIs, and he's hitting 280 in 75 at bats. Looking deeper at his numbers, he right now has 15 strikeouts in 75 at bats. I'm going to give you a number one. This guy, another one. This guy has four home runs and nine RBIs. He's hitting 192 on the season. And he has struck out more than he's walked, which is unusual for him. But again, hitting 192 on the season. You would think, well, that guy's not any good. That would be Juan Soto, who is making almost a half billion dollars before it's all said and done in this recent contract. My point is that the great players do eventually rise to the top and Goldschmidt is the reigning MVP. And once he starts to go and Arenado starts to go at a terrific clip, I do think the rest of it will fall into place. You'll start to see those big runs being driven in, in those key moments because the Cardinals just have too much firepower on offense did not erupt. But right now it is very hard to watch the team let leads slip away, not cash in early. They let Luis Castillo off the hook in the first inning when they had him 
wobbling a little bit. The former Red was able to squeeze his way through it. And the Cardinals ended up losing this game 5-4 to four on a hit by another former Red, Eugenio Suarez. And he got Giovanni Gallegos on just lack of execution. Contreras wanted a ball up and in. He threw it over the middle, basically. And Suarez knocked it into the outfield for a two-run single. And that made it a 5-3 game. Edmonds home run wasn't enough and it ended up being a five, four ball game. Michaelis went five and a third, but it took him 93 pitches to do that. Three runs on five hits, walked two, struck out four, gave up a couple of home runs. Zach Thompson walked Colton Wong who hits 094 and he walked him on four pitches. Then he gave up a single. Then Gallegos came in. And as I mentioned, didn't execute Suarez got him and the rest is history. The Cardinals lost another ball game. Seattle's under 500. They're 10 and 11, by the way, so are the Padres. Or ten and eleven. Um, it, it right now it is you know, the Dodgers are eleven and eleven. They beat the Cubs yesterday, who are twelve and eight. I mean, things are going to start to normalize a little bit. You just don't want to be left standing when the musical chairs game is over. The Cardinals do have to pick it up here and not be left in the dust. They know that. You know that. I know that. It's just a matter of getting the job done right now. We're going to talk in just a minute to. Uh, Ollie Marmel, the Cardinals manager. We'll talk about these topics and more. Then we'll have Jim Thomas, the retiring writer for the Post-Dispatch at 1030. I can't wait to chat with him. We'll have Lutz Fan and Steel on that draw last night against Colorado. He's at 11.15. John Moselak at 1130. Sports on a Sunday morning. Sponsored by... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. By Graybar right after this. He hits a slammer! Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. I should have mentioned when I was going through the records in the National League that uh, I mentioned the Dodgers and the Padres, another team a lot of people liked coming out of the offseason, the Phillies. They're two games under 500 at 10 and 12. They were in the World Series last year. This is the big one, though. The Pirates are 15 and 7. Uh, they are flying right now. 
My point is, over 162 games, let's see how things begin to normalize and change through the ebbs and flows of a season. But right now we're bringing in the Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmel, and we say good morning to you. I know all you're concerned about is 8-13. and 13. That's the Cardinals record and how to fix that. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Tom? Doing well. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the baseball season, all of these games I know matter so much to you and you want to get things turned around as soon as possible. It is a process. Let's just take a look at how things have gone so far. Uh, Yeah, obviously you want to turn it around um, and we will. Uh, This is uh, not the the way we wanted to start. I I feel like we've said that enough, but the reality is there's a lot of belief in this group and we're going to figure out a way out of it. And the way to do that is so many different things. It's about staying with the routine, but also uh, trying to adjust here and there. You've got a number of individuals that you're working with, both on the pitching side and the offensive side. Let's just start with pitching and what you saw yesterday. Miles Michaelis uh, is in there, and then just things got away in the middle of the game. What happened there? Yeah, he was cruising. The guy was doing a nice job um, mixing all his pitches. He looked really good. Uh, the curveball was a big player for him. Got some swing and miss on that. Stole a lot of strikes with it. And then um, Hernandez got him. That was the last hitter he was going to face before going left on left. Thompson um, there right after. But uh, unfortunately, the timing of that homer wasn't great. No, and you could see the frustration on Miles' face. I think he knew that was going to be just about it for him. 93 pitches, and that ball just gets over the fence. It's a home run. Then Zach Thompson walks Colton Wong. I bet he'd like to have that back uh, as as he gives up a hit after that. Uh, what happened with Giovanni Gallegos uh, facing Eugenio Suarez later in that game? Yeah, I uh, was trying to get a fastball up and in and get it up enough, and Suarez got to it. And Suarez did take it out for a two-run single, and the Mariners went up 5-3 at that point. They win the game 5-4. to four. It, Just overall, you look at this starting rotation. I, I brought this up in the last segment, so you correct me if I'm wrong, but the star, it really begins with the rotation. If they're going deeper into games, it takes a little wear off of the bullpen. Let's start there. Just how how has the bullpen been over this 21 game period, and and is that accurate? Um, the bullpen has been very good. If you look at what the guys are doing, we're, we're on the ground a ton. We're missing bats at a at a really high rate, and um, the guys are are staying healthy. They feel good about where they're at um, as far as usage goes. Uh, the reality is our starters are going their their average in the league as far as going deeper in games so it's just that's more trying to cross the league as as a whole um our starters aren't it's not that they're not going deep enough that 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 is not the problem got it uh, they just you know when it comes to being able to get execute i mean everybody wants to post zeros but just getting to that point where you can uh feel good about on offense, I just wonder if it. I'm just trying to come up with why the offense hasn't been able to cash in. Is it just something that's happening? Is it bad luck, or does that does that have something to do with it? Also, do you think that the offense presses a little bit to make something happen to overcome any deficits on the pitching side? No, that, that, that's a good question, and, and here's the. Here's the reality of all of it. This group 
cares so much about winning and to the point where it's it's all these guys want and the thing that will get this group is them wanting it too bad um and the offense at times will press based on man we feel like we, we need a we need to score more runs but that's just, that's just part of the game and the the way this goes there's going to be times throughout the season where our starting rotation is going to throw up a ton of zeros um so where we are today yeah that, that's just that's just where we are today but um Really good meeting with our group yesterday. We feel like we're going to get back on track. And unfortunately, uh, we weren't able to last night. Because, you know, looking at the, you see the numbers even deeper than I do. And when I take a deep dive into the offensive numbers, obviously runs are what you want. So you can walk away with more victories. But the the hard hit balls, the barrel of the ball, the the exit velocity, these things are real. And you are batting average even I mean you're up there in the upper levels of major league baseball right now just not able to get like eventually it's going to happen I mean (laughs) eventually those runs are going to cross and this is um first month of the season again but what you're looking at is this is sustainable from a you keep swinging the bat the way we're swinging the bat. We're hitting the ball harder than anybody in the league we're like if you're doing the things we're doing as a club offensively over time, it plays, and uh, that that hasn't been the case because we've gotten a lot of runners on, haven't thrown them in. Um, but I'd rather be doing that than not getting anybody on because you can't drive any anybody in anyways. That's so uh, right. on <laughs> on the pitching side, if you really start diving into the numbers, it's not sustainable. Like we have one of the highest babbits that the league has seen in the month of April in a very long time, um, and that that'll correct itself. Um, one, that'll correct itself, and two, we'll, we'll execute better. And the combination of those two things will give us a lot more success. But, yeah, we're seeing a combination of things all happening at once that, that are leading to um, more losses than wins. But uh, we're taking it personal. And uh, if people want to doubt us, I, I welcome that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's part of the baseball chatter. Everybody has an opinion about the club. You know that. And, and right now, you know, right now it is what it is, 8 and 13. You know, looking at that pitching also, you mentioned the BABIP. I, is it I should have this number in front of me, but I don't. But just my eye tells me that a, it's typically a ground ball pitching staff, and I'm not seeing as many. Is that right? Are the balls getting elevated? Are you getting more fly balls and line drives than usual? Uh, no. Okay. But that's not accurate. Okay. Yeah. I, again, I should have the numbers in front of me. So, but that that was just kind of like my eye. Maybe I'm just running away with it. But the, it's a it's a pitching staff that can get soft contact, get those ground balls. That's really what you're aiming for mostly. I mean, your your defense has been just fine, hasn't it? Um, yeah, um, our defense has been fine. Uh, our ground ball rate is fine. Um, it's we lead the league in soft contact, actually falling in for hits and. Uh, that's not what you want to lead the league in, but that's also uh, something you can't control. That just corrects itself over time. So is it an excuse? No, it's just reality of ball and play info. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Jack Flaherty, on that note, uh, gets going today for you. A great opportunity for him. He, I know, loves these situations, uh, being able to, to get his team into a position to win a big ball game. Just what have you seen from Jack over this season so far? Jack's going to continue to get better and better. This is a guy that's extremely determined and um, understands what's at stake for, for the club to, to get us back on track. And if there's somebody uh, 
that'll shoulder that and 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 welcome and embrace that. Um, Jack is one of those, so uh, we're, we're definitely looking forward to seeing him. And, and just on the ground ball rate to go back to, so that just pulled it up. We're tied for first. Okay, good. Yeah, and like I said, I I I just thought of it as I was talking to you. So I wanted to. You have the numbers faster than I do. I I don't know why I felt that way, but it just it looked that way. But there you go. You just back it up. First place, tied for first in terms of ground ball rate. That's what you want. Um, going back to Jack and moving forward, you've got uh, a game tomorrow in San Francisco against Jordan against uh, the Giants. Jordan Montgomery. Looking at him uh, heading into tomorrow night, uh, just to play ahead a little bit. How has he been? Uh, through the first few, had that great first start. What have you seen from him? Yeah, the sinker is a real player, and how he combats it with, with keeping guys honest with the four seamer has been really, really good. He's landing his other stuff, and we're continuing to see him grow in confidence and just um, he's getting more and more comfortable being here. And this is a guy that that plays a big part in who he is and how he performs, and um, it, it's been good. But uh, when you look at his overall usage, uh, it, it's it's leading to some success, and we're we're excited about what he's going to do moving forward. You've had uh, Alec Burleson playing in that number two spot quite a bit in your order. He was the DH yesterday. He was two for four yesterday. Uh, Alec has settled into a nice spot on this big league club, hasn't he? I mean, it, it, we saw last year that he had tried to adjust to the big leagues, noticeable after a phenomenal minor league season. Alec has really looked to more like a big leaguer here in this part of the year. So this is actually a really good example. Um, Alec Burleson, people would say when he came up here, uh, struggled and had to make some adjustments, and now he's having a good year. Um, The reality is if you look at the underlying numbers of what he did compared to expected, um, so you look at his batted ball info, similar to what we're talking about with our offense at the moment, um, or on the other side of it, on the pitching side. Alec hit the ball very similar to how he's hitting the ball right now from an overall performance standpoint. The results sucked, but what he was doing and what he was in control of looked pretty similar to what we're seeing right now. And there was the biggest gap of his actual numbers compared to the balls he put in play that just happened to get caught when – for the most part, they don't. Um, so that's a perfect example of what over time. Yeah, Alec Burleson is very similar hitter today than he was when he first came up, and his numbers or overall results didn't look like it. Um, but you play it out over time, and now we're seeing we're seeing, and we like it. So, um, yeah, he's yeah, a good that, hitter. That's really interesting. Uh, that really is. I appreciate that. And then you're three and four in the order. We know who they are. And uh, and what they're capable of doing, so we can skip over them. Uh, Wilson Contreras over this last week has started to show not more than started. He has shown signs of his former self. You and I touched on this on Wednesday when we talked on Total Information AM. He is uh, back to being the Wilson Contreras that was a pain in the neck. Yeah, and, and the guy that we uh, we didn't like to cross the way, um, just because he plays with emotion. He, he's aggressive and. Um, He's starting to settle in. Anytime you see him starting to hit the ball through the middle of the field, lift the ball to right field. We saw that plenty across the way when he was in Chicago, and uh, he, he's back to doing that and taking really, really good at bats. He's a guy that hit the ball extremely hard, um, and he's a real threat. So, 
He mentioned to Derek Gould late, and just a couple of quick things. I'm going to close with Wilson, with uh, Oliver Marmel. Really appreciate this. He mentioned to Derek Gould late Friday night, we need to pitch mean. Uh, how do you see that? How do you translate that? Um, I think there's a lot of contributors to, to success on the pitching side. Um, and, and the way I took that is more of just overall conviction and determination behind every pitch that's thrown more than anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a guy, like I said, he, he's, he plays off of emotions, and um, it, it's what's helped him have success at the big league level for, for quite some time. Derek also had the note, I think he was first with it last night, that it looked like Paul DeYoung was going to make his way to the club. Can you confirm that? Uh, yeah, Paul DeYoung is uh, is joining us today, and um, yeah, we uh, we look forward to that. We'll uh, look forward to seeing Paulie D back in a Cardinals uniform and contributing to you. We appreciate this very much. Thank you for doing this. I know it's early out on the West Coast. Uh, best of luck today against the Mariners. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, manager of the Cardinals, Oliver Marmel. We'll take a break when we come back. Jim Thomas of the Post-Dispatch will be with us. I can't wait to catch up with JT. This is Sports on a Sunday Morning, sponsored by Graybar on KMOX. I thought Ali Marmel was good under the circumstances, to be honest with you. It's early in the morning, although he's getting some of that Seattle coffee in him. And going through the numbers, he was, I thought, really good. They're 8-13. and 13. This team's five games under. They are struggling. Ali answered all of our questions. It was not pulling teeth. I thought it was, you know... I mean, Jim Thomas is going to join us here in a second from the Post-Dispatch. And I know, JT, that you have been down this road numerous times. How are you, Pally, first of all? Aki, uh, and I do mean Aki. I'm doing great. Great to be on the uh, on the uh, sports uh, for Sunday morning, the hallowed grounds of uh, radio. Oh, so, uh, yeah, as Rich Daly used to say, if I was doing any better, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> That's right. You covered Rich Daly and others at the University of Missouri in your long career. Congratulations. I mean, what a run this has been for you. I Selfishly, I wish you could do more because with all respect to all my buddies over there at the Post-Dispatch, your game stories to me are fun. I, I like the way that you write and kind of like, it's like you're talking just to me. You'll have these little side comments and then you'll go back to the, <laughs> to the game at hand. You know what I'm talking about? I I've always enjoyed your writing JT. Well, I've always tried to keep it fun. I mean, there, there's a time to write uh, maybe serious pros and, but uh, at the end of the day, it's still a game. And uh, I've always tried to humanize the players and uh, I have a kind of a conversational style writing. So I really appreciate that, Tom. And you and I go way back. I mean, you were you were such a youngster. Have you hit thirty years old yet? Or what the, how old are you, then, I'm. Uh, I'll be forty eight this summer. And when you and I started, oh, all right. I know uh, I was covering the Rams in the late nineties when I first started at KMOX in ninety seven, covering Tony Banks and his dog felony and you know, the, all that stuff <laughs> with Dick Vermeil. So I was 22 when I first walked around that locker room. Here wow. I am at five now. Here I am 25 plus years later. L- let me ask you the, because it got to be amazing what we all went through. The Rams going to the Super Bowl two times in three years. You also covered the Stanley cup with the blues, but let me ask you about those tough times. I just mentioned that Ollie Marmel, we did an interview. We just went 15 minutes. I thought he was good. It's not easy for him or me no. going, going through a situation yeah. like that. How did you handle the losing and talking to a head coach during tough times? 
Well, you have to ask the right questions, and, and you do the same thing. You ask the questions that need to be asked, but you don't have to call names to do it, you know, like, uh, you know, hmm. well, why the hell does your bullpen suck or whatever? There, there's a way to ask questions and get the answer. So you always try to be fair but honest, and, you know, you try to look at the long picture. I mean, even with the Cardinals, I know fans and, and media are deeply disappointed in the start, but and, and I know some will laugh when I say this, but... It's what they played twenty-two games now out of one hundred and sixty-two. There, there, there's, there's, there's a long, long way uh, to go. But yeah, it's it, it, it's tough. It's it's not as much fun going into the locker room of a of a losing team. But uh, you know, it's part of the job. And and uh, my gosh, some of those stretches. You you remember the the last years of the Rams? Uh, what the final ten years? Uh, not one winning season. There were there were a couple of eight eight and eights in there, but not one winning season. And that uh, that stretch from uh, uh, 2007 through 2011, Tom, they 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 went 15 and 65. So that's an average record, an average record of three and 13. You're, you, you, the team you're covering is usually out of it uh, before the first frost hits in in, in football. But you just got to do your job and and. and uh, and, and cover the team and and make the most of it. It's not the most fun thing. I can remember, uh, Aki, you may remember this. Uh, uh, you remember the tight end, Cam Cleveland, that they had? He's yeah. only there for a season or two. Uh, this is like three weeks to go in the season. It's not like the last week, and we walk in there for the open locker room. And he's in there. He's swinging a golf club in there so uh, in the locker room. So, you know, maybe his mind isn't totally on the on the season, you know, and that, that's kind of what you deal with sometimes. No, <laughs> totally. And you have those observations. That's the thing. When you have the access that we have, you do pay attention. There's a lot that goes on besides what they just say in front of a PR person. And you can read a lot uh, of language when you're around there. I, You know, Jeff Fisher and before that, Steve Spagnolo, and uh, there have been a number of coaches here. The Scott Linehan year, that 2006 year was the one year that I went to every game, home and away, uh, traveling, and it was just such a blah. You know, there was not much of, with it. I think it was 2006, and they well, were... Well, the first season, yeah. Correct. Yeah, they, they were 8-8, eight and eight and just kind of like, they, they were okay, Nothing, and I think that's just because we witnessed a mixture of a rock concert and a full-scale drama and everything else in those six years from '99 to 2005. It was insane. I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah, yeah, and even maybe the years that were less successful, there was always some oh. some drama going on, and uh, just the characters too were so colorful. Just. We all in our business, Tom, we we all love, and I think you'll agree, characters, covering characters. And from John Shaw to Charlie Army to uh, 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 Dick Vermeil to Mike Marks, they were all characters. They had personality plus, and that made it even more uh, entertaining. And uh, those were special years. My gosh, they, they just put the league on its head. They, they've kind of redefined what the league is now in terms of the passing game and those things are kind of generational. I mean, you go back, maybe you had Don Coryell uh, do it with the Chargers after he left the Cardinals in terms of the passing game. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mike would, Martz would throw it anywhere, anytime. And uh, God bless Dick Vermeil, he gave him the freedom uh, to do that. And I, I remember the uh, uh, 
first uh, playoff game, the first home playoff game in St. Louis professional football history against Minnesota. And the, kind of the narrative from the national media was, yeah, these guys aren't going to go all the way. You've got to be able to, 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 to run the ball. You can't be passing it this much. And uh, uh, now the, the Vikings got some cosmetic points there at the end. It was 49-17 to 17 Rams. Uh, midway through the fourth quarter in that game, so yeah, I I I think you can you can win football games uh, without worrying too much uh, about the run. And and uh, last add on that, you remember the the Super Bowl victory? Marshall Falk had only twenty nine yards rushing. So uh, anyway, uh, Mike Martz revolutionized the passing game again with the, with the blessing and guidance of, of Dick Vermeil. And uh, what did uh, I think both Martz and Vermeil used the phrase? It's a special place in time. And it was, and then for me personally, and for St. Louis sports fans and media, 20, 20 years later, to have this miracle on ice of, uh, 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 and sorry, 1980 uh, Olympic team for, yeah. for uh, using your phrase there, but uh, to have a team be in last place in uh, 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 the beginning of the year and end up winning the cup, or the first cup in uh, 50 years. I remember how strange things with Bennington arriving on the scene. They had a Pat Maroon bobblehead day in like mid January. And the joke, kind of the running joke in the press box, because Maroon was playing so poorly, was that would he still be with the team in time for the bobblehead night? Or would they just have to send those 10,000 uh, bobbleheads or whatever it was back to the factory? Well, look what happened to him. He ended up scoring maybe the greatest goal in uh, St. Louis hockey history to get them past Dallas in double overtime. So, Kind of, kind of uh, lightning striking twice there for me personally, but for everyone that's a, a sports fan in St. Louis. Oh, it's so so well said, Maroon. People forget that that he it was going so bad that there were rumblings of the Blues are just gonna that this is a failed project. They're gonna get rid of him. They're gonna trade him. He's not happy. Blah blah blah. And then it starts to turn. Did you think about your time with the Rams in that run when when things started to turn, Jim? Oh, for sure. And I, I can remember uh, the media day for the Stanley Cup in Boston before game one. And I had written a story kind of comparing Bennington to the hockey version of Kurt Warner in terms of a guy coming totally out of nowhere to lead a team to uh, a championship. Of course, the Blues hadn't won the championship yet. Again, it was before the Stanley Cup final again. So I called Kurt Warner. And he plays along, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of knowledge of what was happening. He plays along. I explain the Warner situation uh, to, and there's a hundred reporters crammed around him uh, for, for uh, to Bennington at the media day and typical Bennington style. He says, well, you know, I'm telling you about Warner. Now it came out of nowhere, yada, yada. And now uh, when I'm done, uh, Bennington, you know, he gives you one of those Bennington looks and you, you know what, what I mean by that. And he yeah. says, well, sounds like a good story, but never heard of the guy. <laughs> you guys had a fun relationship. You still do in that, you know, you were the one who asked him the question where he looked at you and said, do I look nervous? Uh, that, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it really yeah, kind of became kind of the um, dating myself, the straight man for him. I was like the uh, Dean Martin and he was Jerry Lewis. It's for some reason. And it was totally accidental. At least most of the times I would, uh, I would set it up on the tee and, and he would say something, uh, you know, say something strange. Like, remember the, uh, the who's Montgomery line. That was another good one. When, uh, he had had one of his tantrums in the earlier in the, uh, in the Dallas series. And, uh, uh, 
I've gotten some penalties, and and, I, and Montgomery after the game said, uh, you know, someone asked him about. It. He said, uh, yeah, he's a good goalie, but he needs to, you know, learn to control his emotions. <laughs> so the next day, I asked uh, 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 Bennington about it, and again, typical that that Bennington looked at deadpan and he said, "Who's Montgomery?" Like he didn't know who Jim Montgomery was. <laughs> so he had he had a lot of those moments and. Uh, the thing we were talking about it the day they presented me with the jersey was just floored me, it just blew me away. I was I was fighting back the tears when they did that, but I was sitting with with Bennington before that, and uh, you know I told him I said uh, uh, we never knew what to expect from you when we interviewed you. That's what made you fun, and I also said I, I'll put him in my top five of all time players to to deal with. Obviously Isaac Bruce and Kurt Warner are uh, probably one and two or two and one, but uh, Bennington's definitely, definitely in the uh, in the top five. What a character! What would young Jim Thomas think about this career that you've had, going back to your days growing up in South St. Louis? Well, I I wouldn't have believed it for one, and uh, you know, some of the changes in my career from Mizzou to the NFL to the NHL. It's like one door closed and another one opened and the adventures were, were just all great. And 48 years, it's gone by so fast, so fast. I'll be 69 in June. And I, I just figured it was a uh, time, just kind of my, my instinct. I, I, uh, 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 I've talked about Mike March and I have talked about doing a book. Hopefully we can do that. I've got another kind of book, uh, nibble. So maybe I'll keep busy doing that. My wife's a dog groomer, Aki. So, uh, and she's very popular. And she's done so much for me uh, during my career in terms of even uh, uh, driving halfway to Columbia because I forgot my computer, just all kinds <laughs> of things. So one day a week, I'm going to wash dogs for help her help out. How about that? From sports writer to dog washer. I love it. I'll bring uh, Joey and Bear over, and then, well, you know, we can, we, I'll help you, and then we can just there sit go. there. And... Hey, I, I guarantee you, they'll come out looking good. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, you still have a byline in the Post-Dispatch in this morning's paper after a dramatic downfall, Blues face key offseason. So I'm going to put you back to work here for our final thing and just get your thoughts on this. The sub-headline that says uh, 2023 team stumbled 28 points below the 109 points showing in the 21-22 regular season. There's no other way around it. It was a huge disappointment. How do you think they pick it back up? Well, it's not. I don't think it's going to be overnight. They still have cap issues for next year, so it's not like they can go wild in in in, in free agency now. After this coming year, after twenty three twenty four, the cap will start to ease. Uh, a lot of people blame Armstrong, Doug Armstrong, the GM, for this, but uh, no one could have anticipated COVID, and that led to a flat cap for uh, uh, basically three years in a row because of a lost. Uh, uh, the lost revenues. And so uh, they just couldn't do a lot of things. And a lot, a lot of clubs facing the same thing. I, uh, Washington, at one point, I think they may have jettisoned a couple of players. Just for example, they have, they, had a 11, they have 11 unrestricted free agents heading into this offseason. And you notice Washington, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis, they all missed the playoffs. The first time that's happened in, in forever. But the Blues do have some young prospects. Uh, they're still playing. Uh, uh, the Quebec League playoffs, two, the two gems of their system, uh, Zachary Bolduc and Zach Dean. Dean was, uh, they got him in the uh, Ivan Barbashev trade. Uh, Jimmy Snuggerbrood's going back to uh, Minnesota for just one more year, then I think he'll, he'll join the Blues. But they have some good young prospects. 
and they have a lot of draft picks. And uh, if anyone can make it happen quick, it'll be Doug Armstrong. So they're not going to be a powerhouse next year. Can they compete for the playoffs? Uh, certainly. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a long drought. It's not going to be, uh, you know, Buffalo Sabres missed for the 12th year in a row. That's I think it's tied for the second longest drought in any of the major four uh, sports here in North America. I don't think, gonna think we're going to see anything like that. So it'll be an interesting season next year with all the, the young guys. Uh, and uh, uh, But, you know, it, it, it may not be a year where you look back and, you know, uh, count up all the wins and everything. But uh, I think they'll be an entertaining team. That is Blues beat writer from the Post-Dispatch, Jim Thomas. Before that, the Rams, Mizzou, Preps, and everything in between. What a 48-year career it's been. And I could go on and on about what you've meant to me, but you taught me how to be a professional and how to cover a team the right way and really get after it. And I appreciate all your hard work and trust over your career, JT. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on the show. I'm very flattered by your comments. And uh, uh, when all is said and done with you, you're going to, you're going to be right up there in the Mount Rushmore of KMOX uh, 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 sports personality. But you've got a lot of years left in you, man. You're going to be going for a while. So keep I, up the great work. I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, I got I got a long ways to go, and I, I look forward to it all. Thank you, and have a great day. You too. Take care. There he is, Jim Thomas. Boy, great to catch up with him again. We had some fun over the years. We're going to take a quick break, and we will come back with Roman Berkey and get his thoughts on what happened last night at Colorado. Oshman swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. St. Louis City SC playing last night against Colorado. Holy moly, Roman Berkey, what a performance tonight. He has been amazing. 12 saves last night, three off the MLS record, but he was not pleased after the goal that was scored on him and really not happy after that save with his defense, with his team, with everything that happened. Let's take a listen. This is Tom Timmerman of the Post-Dispatch. Roman, what is this? result feel like you have a game like that and 12 saves they foreseen to be coming at you all night and to get a tie but you almost got a win so how, how does this one feel yeah me personally uh, i always want to win um i feel empty a little bit disappointed um because i think this team is not as good as we made them colorado um i think we we missed um, a lot today when it comes with the ball and against the ball. And I mean, if you're up 1-0, you just have to fight for, for, for the win, you know. You have to go all in and you have to fight, you have to defend. And um, today not everybody was defending um, or not together. And that's the result and uh, that's why I'm a little bit disappointed. Next we'll go to Justin Hordecker. Roman playing the first half is kind of slanting your direction and you're making all those saves. Do you get in kind of a rhythm with everything coming at you or is it more about get your feet set and try to get everyone settled? Yeah, of course it gives me a rhythm um, uh, and a good feeling when I can save the balls, of course. But uh, 
I mean, I I rather have nothing to do and we win the games. You know, uh, that's that's way more. Um, uh, yeah, what I like, what I would like. But um, I mean, I try my best today. Um, like always, I gave everything and. Uh, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just a little bit disappointed that we did, it ha wasn't enough for, for a win. We'll go back to Tom. It looked like there were uh, several occasions in which after making saves that you were like saying things to the, to the defense. What was the problem that they, they kept making runs behind you there and behind the defense there and creating chances? Yeah, so um, we didn't defend good in the first half and um, like we, we, we went into the halftime with a 0-0, zero, zero, um, a little bit lucky and then in the second half um, we changed something but not really big things so um, I mean it's just like I try to tell them like come on guys we try our best in the back four you know we tried our best we try to defend and everything and then it's just you need to you need to I think it was like a little bit some some guys on the field were just like oh the back line the back line is gonna take care of it anyways you know so a little bit like not 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 just not enough I mean I'm I don't I know we are we have one point but for me it loses it, it feels like a loss uh, and that's why I'm a little bit uh, yeah emotional Berkey calling his team out we'll have the news next then more of the show this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 